Hi everyone and welcome to Filmmaking Life podcast. Welcome to the Filmmaking Life podcast where we deeply dive into the minds and the work of the most creative and inspiring filmmakers of our time. I'm your host Nick and in today's episode features a very special guest, Peter Lindgren. Peter is not your typical filmmaker as he didn't even know how to use a camera until the age of 26. His journey started when he needed to take some photo for his fitness appeal brand but couldn't afford a product photographer. Instead, he borrowed a camera from a friend and started learning the basics. What started as a necessity quickly turned into a passion and Peter became obsessed with mastering photography and videography. His determination to achieve the best results led him to start his own YouTube channel in 2018, where he mastered the skills and continued to improve. Fast forward four years and Peter has worked with some of the biggest brands in the industry, showcasing his incredible talent behind the camera. We're excited to hear more about his journey and the insights he has gained along the way. Peter, my friend, it's great to have you finally here on board. How are you great doing today? Great finally meeting you. I'm 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 doing I'm doing okay, but uh, I'm a little bit sick. It's like, you know, my uh, my son Alexander, he's going to preschool, and then somehow he founds the pit of doom, and then just brings up all the viruses from the good old dinosaur age, and then you're <laughs> fed with those for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> but you look very, very young. Uh, why oh, would you say that? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How old are you, by the way? Uh, I'm 34 oh, this year. Oh, Jesus. So, Jesus. I'm not a youngster, though. How old are you? <laughs> 27. 27. Oh, my yes. God. You've got the entire world in front of your feet. <laughs> I'd say that. I'd say that. So, uh, Peter, uh, I would love to know from you, what's your story, buddy? Like my story of how I got to where I am. Exactly. The entire biography. <laughs> it, it's, it's such a strange thing, though, because I, I know that a lot of people that are doing, especially cameras, you know, they pick up a camera when they're young and then they start recording and then so on and so forth. For me, it was a little bit different because I was doing bodybuilding like for 15 years. Oh. I was big, like 130 kilos. Um, Holy fuck. And... I, it was super fun. I had the best time ever. But then I, I kind of eventually reached a point where I was feeling like, I, I, it's the, it, what, what's next? You know, because bodybuilding is mm. about becoming as big as possible, basically, and trying to carve out a physique. But then when you have that physique, you start feeling like, okay, what, what is the next step? Is this going to be taking it up to competitions? Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? And I started to feel like, you know what, I'm, I might as well spend that time into learning something new. And that was where I had the camera at hand and thought to myself, you know, this, this is fun. It's fun to shoot. It's fun to edit videos. It's fun to create stuff. And I kind of switched from bodybuilding to making YouTube videos. Uh, I think it was by the end of 2017 in the beginning beginning of 2018 and that was sort of like the turning point you know i, I had been watching casey and i also was watching peter uh, mckinnon when he was on the rise and then it was like you know I, I i was watching their videos and thinking i can do this it's like it's 
<laughs> nothing. <laughs> and then when you try, you kind of realize that, oh, crap, they, they are good. I am not that good. But to become at, like that good, you got to practice. And that was kind of what I realized. So I started practice and spent all the time that I otherwise would have spent in the gym just practicing with the camera instead. And then I decided to quit my job <laughs> in the beginning of 2019. Didn't take that long, but... Wow, it's, it's not long, yeah. Yeah. It was mainly because, like, the job that I had was really good. It was... I had fantastic colleagues and it was a great place to be, but the, the sort of, like, mentality was very negative, you know? Whenever you got mm. there, there was a lot of negativity and you kind of got home and you felt burnt out from being at work all the time. Mm. And that was when I felt that I need to make something different. So I might as well, you know, give it a try and take three months off and see if I can make something. So I had a couple of freelance clients and uh, I, I did some work, but nothing, nothing that made good money at all. And um, when those three months passed, I had on YouTube... I think it was like 1,500 subscribers, maybe. Wow. And that was when I went into my boss and I was like, you know what? I'm not coming back. Sorry. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. And uh, we also got a son at that time. So we didn't have any money. I think during the entire year of 2019, like my personal income was uh, around... 13k before taxes wow so it was like here in sweden that's nothing um but i i just kept making videos because the fun part about youtube is that the more videos you make the better you'll be right so i was Absolutely. i was attacking it from all the different angles and i'm i was trying to figure out things that i could do i i was asking my friend do you want to shoot a so like a fitness commercial i was asking my woodworker friend do you want to shoot a woodworker commercial and then i saw daniel schiffer and james matthews started doing something that mm. they called like epic b-roll and i was right. like once again feeling the same thing like i can do that and then i tried and it was, you know, throughout the, all the experience that I've learned from actually using the camera, it turned out pretty good. And the good thing about that trend was that there was basically just me, James and Daniel doing that trend when it was like on the go, you know. So I just so kept doing that. <laughs> so I guess it's like also important to notice what what the i wouldn't say trend now it's a trend on instagram reels that's a trend but at the time i would say to jump on the right uh, when the time is right exactly and exactly and i i think that jump jumping into sort of like the the right kind of videos when everyone wanted to learn because also at the same mm. time this was you know 2019 this was when peter was sort of like exploding you know Right. And everyone wanted to learn how to use a camera and shoot cool stuff. <laughs> that was the key. Wow, wow. That's such a cool story, man. I, Thank you. It's, it's nice to... So my curiosity then is like, how do you come up with these creative ideas? And what's your like process to turning them, those uh, ideas into like a final videos? 
Because you've been since then you've been producing a lot of videos, right? Yeah, I have. I mean, I mean, when it comes to if if we're just gonna look at the B rolls, I think that what I think is fascinating is always and has always been sort of like the editing process, you know? Mm. Because you you know how it is. I mean, like you go out, you shoot stuff, and then you're like, oh, that's a good shot. But if you just use that shot and show it to someone, it's going to be a great shot, but there's no story, there's no nothing, there's like no music, no anything, unless you jump into the editing process. And that for me has always been sort of like the driving factor of making these videos, because I'm like, you know what, this would look cool together with this, and then if we add sort of like sound effects to that, it's going to be like, you know? So... Just, it's always evolving. Yeah, it's always evolving and it's always thinking about, okay, how can I make like someone drinking a cup of coffee look cool? Like if, if you take that concept, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> Brothers. For the people who doesn't, yes, for the people uh, on the podcast who's listening, just the audio, uh, me and Peter have the same mug, cup mug, we'll it's call like it. It's like a Canon with- lens, right? It's a cannon lens. And so he was like drinking while talking. And I was like, I saw this and I was like, hey, we have the same. That's like a true photographer's thing, right? Exactly. But sorry for interrupting you. Guys, no worries. No, but I I, I think that um, what a lot of people tend to forget is to try to think of the process, you know? The, mm. A lot of people try to capture the epicness, but they don't see the entire picture. And mm. I think that when you try to think about the story, you try to think about the set, you try to think about everything else around the thing, then that is what makes the video interesting. Same thing when you make travel videos. You got to find those like good shots that is really conveying the message of the place that you're in, right? Mm. I absolutely agree. I started, a uh, funny thing, I started with the travel videos. And I remember one of the first one, by the way, it's, oh, if I look back, oh my God, you know the feeling. <laughs> exactly. And uh, yeah, so I, it used to be just cool B-rolls, blah, blah, blah. And then I started thinking like you, hey, like, it misses something, it misses the the heart of the video, like the story, what's the message, what's everything. So my following question to this is, um, thinking back on your uh, on your f- one of first videos and thinking now, uh, one of your latest video, like what what is the key thing that evolved in your process? Yeah, I, I think, I think the biggest thing that has evolved is storytelling and how important it is to make sort of like an interesting video because if you if you don't if you don't have a good story it's just going to be falling flat it's going to be boring it's not going to be interesting for people to watch and they're going to click off and also changing the aspect from talking about everything that I'm going to do, because when I started making videos for YouTube, it was like I made vlogs, right? So it was like, today I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that and then I'm going to do this, which is super easy to do in the beginning. And then you start to realize that you're telling the audience what you're going to do all the the time, right? 
You're saying, mm-hmm. I'm just going to jump in my car. And then you show them that you're jumping into your car. So for me, with a cool beer. Yeah, so, so instead, <laughs> you got to change it up. And then you're going to say, like, oh, shit, I got to make it to the airport. And then you show the entire process of how you made it to the airport. No? Yeah. It, it's it's one of those things that definitely has changed over the over the years and i think that doing vlogs has made me a better filmmaker overall wow wow because uh i tried to help on the on the on the vlog thing but i realized how hard <laughs> yeah, it, it is. is plus you have to act on camera you have to not act but like you have to be yourself yeah. genuine which is even harder it is because we have no degree in acting or whatsoever <laughs> so i was like mm, this is not my thing and i realized soon how uh how difficult it is so my following question to this uh, to you is would you tell us your a to z process to make let's say even a vlog or a YouTube video or even like a video for a client. Let's say you recently made a video for Sony. Um, So you mean the entire editing process, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not fully detailed. Sorry. But overall. overall. Exactly. So when it comes to when it comes to editing, it's it's the thing that I like the most. It's it's definitely where the video comes alive and the way that i usually work is that i try to see the footage that i have right and then i try to piece that together as quickly as i can in some sort of storyline and once i have a rough draft of what the story is going to be then i start adding in the music so that i can add in the b-roll and then I can add in all the extras. And then when I'm done with that, I can move things around so that everything is not linear. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that everyone talks about on YouTube is that you got to start with a hook. And I've been watching a lot of you know reality shows on TV just because Amanda does it at home. It's like you, you get caught up in Love Island, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Whoa, it's like, what? what's going to happen? Um, <laughs> but, but, but the good thing there is that they're editing those videos in one day, right? Wow. So I was thinking every time I watched one of those episodes, I was thinking to myself, like, this is good. This is edited very good. And they always start with the biggest cliffhanger. Like, mm. it's like the biggest cliffhanger in the beginning. It's like, oh, this is like huge, blah, 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 drama, drama, drama. You know, and it's then people, like, people like hook, get right? stuck. Yeah, it's, it's a great hook. And that is something that we got to do on YouTube as well. So it's like when when you have your video edited, you get, always got to go back and think, like, is the hook good enough? Like, is mm. the video good enough? Is, is people are going to are people going to stay to the very end because of the hook? You know, right. So uh, do you have like any pre-production? Like, let's say you have an idea. Um, how does that work? Like, yeah. So, I had I actually had a fun shoot um, this Monday together with a band that is called Dead by April. The video is going to launch on April seventh. Um, but the fun thing here is that they send over 
the song and was like, hey, we want to make a music video. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I'm going to listen to the song and I listened to it. I really liked it. And they said, like, we, we have a budget, we can pay you this. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this for fun. Mm. Free of charge, because I like I like the song, as long as I can do like what I envision in my head. And then I called up the singer and I was like, hey, can you explain like what the song is about, right? Mm. In the shortest time possible. And he's like, it's about this and this and this. Um, and I'm like, good. Then we're on the same page. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, wow, wow. And then I was like, back, I started to write down, basically what I do is create a shot list at first with the with the rough ideas that I have. So say, for example, if I have uh, someone walking, then I write like a wide shot of someone walking and then I have a sort close of up like of the- Sort of like a storyboard. Yeah, thing. sort of like. I would say it's a storyboard without the text or without mm -hmm. the images mm -hmm. so that you only have like sort of like the the visuals but since i know how a 50 millimeter lens work i can i can envision how that is going to look if i shoot someone's feet walking right yeah, yeah. so for me i always write a wide shot of this a close-up shot of this or a medium shot of this or a environmental shot and then just go and do that process and then sometimes it can be as simple as just five different rows you know, because my mm -hmm. idea is very rough. And then when yeah. I get to location, I just add things on there. You know, I start with what I've written down and then I add things. You actually pointed out a very interesting uh, key point here. Uh, it's very important. And I recently, sadly, recently realized that uh, we creatives have a lot of ideas, like thousands yeah. of ideas. And if we, I know it sounds cliche, but if, if we don't put it on the paper or a computer or whatever, it's just going to miss out. And yeah. I like the fact that you like, actually, even if it's not a full, full story, but you just at least put any key points. And yeah. then when you go on the shoot, when everything gets... Uh, you know, a bit on rush, left and right, because you have to coordinate everyone, then your ideas start to disappear. And then that's why people should have, creators, uh, filmmakers should have like at least some, somehow reference where they can write mm. on things and then they can add some idea well on the go. Yeah, 100%. I think when, when I started out, one of the things that I thought I could do was mm. keep everything in my head. But you can't. Same, same. <laughs> like, it, it's impossible because when you get to a location, especially when you're working with clients, when you get to location, you got to be prepared to work for them, not for you. And when mm. you work for them, you got to be prepared to serve them what you have written down or what, like, mm. you can't just say, like, well, in my head, it's good. <laughs> like, that doesn't work. Absolutely. And I guess you learned this, like when we started, we didn't have anyone to teach us this. But like, I guess yeah. you, when you start, you just do by mistake, learn by mistakes. Yeah. And, and I think that that is how it should be, because yeah. it, it's it's also when when if you're listening to this and you think like, oh, I got to do exactly like Peter or exactly like Nicola. Like, no, find your own way. That is so incredibly important because there's going to be a thousand experts telling you what to do, but you are the only only one that knows what actually works for you, 
right? Yeah. So find your way, listen to what the people say and say like, okay, there are some good tips, but this is the way that I work. Fine, yeah. do that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. However, I would add that like, it's good to have a reference. Uh, for example, you, uh, I guess you just launched your, your editing course, right? Yeah, yeah, my Final so, Cut Pro. Yeah, it, it's worth to mention this, guys. If you're interested to, to learn more, you can see on social, uh, Peter's social media and then you can find out more about it. But uh, my example was actually on this. So if you teach something and I want to learn from you, right? I would like to like see what's your process and what's your yeah. guidelines. I, I learned this. This is a very like a good suggestion for everybody. I learned what's your process and then I make it my own. Like exactly. it's not copying, exactly. but you have to make it your own. Cause then you will evolving, like, you, you won't be stuck because maybe the way someone is teaching, it's not right way, right fit for you, but at least you have the knowledge and now you can move forward. Exactly. And I think, I think the entire point that I try to make before is that when you are in the beginning phases, because most mm. people that I see, you know, they go out and buy the best camera because someone has told them online and then they set it up just like me, but they don't know how the camera works still, yeah. you know, because they haven't actually used the camera. They just watch my videos and then they buy what I have and then they just use it the way that I have. They haven't Thank learned you. anything on the way, you know, and exactly. that is what I mean by, you know, try the stuff, try the things that you think is going to like take you further because you never know if you're going to find a better way than me, right? Exactly. Your way might be way better than my way, but my way might have helped you to get to that part. I, yeah, I wouldn't say my way is better than yours or yours is better than mine. I would say no. everybody has developed their own ways of exactly. making things fast. Most of the time, I, I, I honestly edit on Premiere Pro, so I c cannot relate on Final Cut. Oh. <laughs> I know, I know. Dude, Mo after I'm Moment of silence for Nicola. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> but the thing is, most of the things that I realized watching other people's tutorials, I'm still learning. So, And oh, yeah. most of the things I do, I do it wrong. <laughs> but the way I do it, it's just easy for me and faster for me. So, exactly. And, and it's not wrong if it works for you. Exactly. Uh, it's all about the, 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 the ending goal, I guess. Yeah. So speaking of advi uh, advices for um, aspiring filmmakers, yeah. what would be your advice to make them stand out? Whatever, it, whatever it's like a YouTube or outside of. I am a huge advocate for, you know, being consistent in what you do. And when I'm saying okay. being consistent, it doesn't, doesn't have to be that you get a stick within one niche, but I think go out and practice whenever you can and like get to learn your tools inside out, because once you know them inside out, you're all good. You no, know? but a lot of people try to focus on the cameras, the microphone, the tripods, the stuff around the tools that I'm talking about is also the editing process because that, that I would say that as I've said many times before, you know, a bad editor can destroy fantastic footage, but a good editor 
can salvage some really bad footage. That, that's a good point. I never thought about it. Um, I used to be a very bad videographer. I'm not the best at, at the moment, but oh, I but used to good. be very <laughs> bad. But what I found out actually, uh, knowing what I want to do with edit saved me a ton of time, a thousands of time. <laughs> So with that being said, um, I guess like you mentioned consistency, which is a huge yeah. part. I can confirm that for sure. Um, I guess creating content on a, like a consistent ba basis is very challenging. It is. What, what is like, what is the challenges, the biggest challenges you faced? I think in this day and age, it, there's a lot of, you know, fighting the algorithm. Oh, but uh, <laughs> and I feel one. like yeah, it, it's it's always about you know you you spend hours upon hours to make a video and then you post it and then you get absolutely crushed by the results of the video, for example, you know because it's not because the video itself is bad and you enjoyed making it, but the algorithm is telling you that this video is not as good as your other videos. And I think that being consistent, even through that, that mm. is something that is very good. And people saying that, you know, uh, your videos are bad. If you can stay consistent and just not listen to the haters, keep doing your thing. That is where you're going to get the advantage today. I feel like there's so there's so many people trying to do the same thing and you know, I, I don't I don't know if you've seen sort of like the car trend that is going on with like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 it's uh, everywhere. Lock -in. Yeah, it's the lock-in stabilization, right? Yeah, it's everywhere. Like everyone is doing it. So where's the originality? Now? Mm. Right. How do yes. you stand out from the crowd? How do you make something different? Think about that. Uh, well, actually, if now that you pointed out this out, it's very. It, obviously, it's very hard, but the thing is, uh, it's a, it's a battle between you, your mindset, and the crowd outside for social media. Yeah. Because I can speak for IG. I, I cannot speak for YouTube. I have no clue about YouTube. <laughs> but the thing is, uh, Instagram will push you when you follow a trend, but then you have this battle of yourself, me including, I want to create something quality, not, not over quantity. And from the previous podcast we had, uh, Tom was extremely good at explaining on how actually, if you keep consistent, less quality, but more quantity, you will eventually rise up your quality. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's the Which same thing crazy. being consistent with YouTube videos. Same thing. And I was like, whoa, that's wow. That's a different way of thinking. But then you have this mindset battle of yourself. This video is just, ah, I just made it in five minutes, you know? I yeah, don't and think I think it's good. Like for me, when I think about that, it's, it's like, I love the fact that people are just pushing out uh, stuff because that is how we learn as we already talked yeah. about you know because if, the more things you do the more you're going to learn and that is amazing but something that a lot of people tend to forget is that the most unique thing you can offer the audience is you mm. because there's no one else like this you this is a good one like there's no one else with your mindset your thoughts your ideas no one else because everything is in your head so like 
how can you stand out from the crowd in the big noise? Well, everything is in here. You just got to find it. That's absolutely true. And if we think about, uh, you said at the beginning, uh, Peter, you you loved Peter McKinnon. And that's mm. where Peter McKinnon started out, right? Uh, now that you mentioned this, it's why everybody loved Peter McKinnon, besides obviously um, his good filmmaking skills, but he stand out because of him, because of his personality yeah. and and the, the uniqueness he put that out. So great catch on that. Um, my following question is about this on YouTube. Like, what do you think, uh, what role does YouTube play on the future of filmmaking as like many years the platform has evolved? I, th I, think, it's a, I think it has a huge part in the future. Um, mm -hmm. Not only because I'm a YouTuber myself, but the way that I see it is that we're reaching a point now where cameras and camera gear like, it doesn't really matter what kind of camera that you buy because all of them are wow. good, right? Wow, okay, yeah. So now it's more like people are going to have to use the cameras. And that is where I think we're going to see a lot more, you know, people making short films. We're going to see people making uh, comedy sketches or we're going to see people mm. doing their own home, like talk shows like this, you know, posting onto YouTube. I think that YouTube is going to like sort of overtake the old fashioned media, but it's going to be a slow process, but we're already moving into that direction. And I also think that people want to watch more um, about what people are actually doing with the camera gear rather than about the camera gear, you know, mm. especially in the filmmaking niche, because that's sort of like where I'm in. But I also have my separate vlog channel that is, so just me making vlogs, talking about the different topics that is popping up in my head. And what amazes me by that is that all of those videos, like people are watching them religiously. Wow. And I love it. I, it's, it's like the best community ever. And people are like tuning in and they're like, I don't care about the cameras. I just want to hang out with you for like seven minutes. <laughs> it's like success. <laughs> That's what that's what actually amazed me about youtube community i'm i would say I, i'm like six years into it but the reason i haven't been out there because i didn't follow the consistency rule i didn't took it i as i'm still sadly don't take it seriously but yeah. what i have noticed from following you from following james among many others that i really love is the community it's yeah. it's no such a things uh like TikTok, uh, Instagram, they're all like spash, spash. There is no community. It's so sadly, so uh, flesh. I don't know how to explain it, but in instead YouTube is like a very family oriented, not family, but Yeah, like yeah but I agree. I, I would say that like, there's no, I haven't experienced any sort of hate from another creator, mm. you know, any, any sort of negativity. It's more like, it's way more positive feedback from everyone, you know, the comments, the creators and everyone that is in, in the, in the YouTube realm. But when you go onto Instagram or TikTok, there's always someone saying like, Oh, this sucks. You know? <laughs> yeah. A funny thing I posted uh, yesterday, um, on Instagram, uh, advertisement and 
the first comment was this is shit i was like okay oh. <laughs> I, Dude, was like, <laughs> I, I, I legit made a video just about this on my vlog channel yesterday i was the you know, I, I was dropping a video about a camera and then I included sort of like a sponsorship into that beginning mm. of that video. And the fun thing is, you know, there, there was a couple of comments dropping saying like, oh, you just do sponsored videos now. And I'm like, how like, are you? Are you <laughs> missing all uh, the other videos that I do or what, uh, what's going on? So I kind of I kind of attacked it from a different angle on my vlog channel talking about well, if, if you spend 40, 80 hours making a video and you post that onto, say, Instagram in your case, you don't get any money from it, right? Mm. But if a brand says like, hey, we would like to sponsor that video and give you 10K, for example, mm. like why wouldn't you make the same video better with the sponsor and also make some money for yourself so that you can keep making videos instead of posting that, you know, video that doesn't get any views. It doesn't get any money done. You know, it's like I'd rather incorporate a sponsor so that I can keep making more fun videos rather than just spend hours upon hours on a video that I make absolutely nothing from. And then I get demotivated because someone says it sucks. You know? I absolutely, I absolutely agree with you. And here's my approach about haters, because I receive a ton of them. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> They're everywhere. I, I, it's my, like... my content is amazing, <gasps> you know. <laughs> but so here's the thing. I guess my mindset about it is, whenever I look all of them and I look it with positivity, if this hating comment is constructive then yes, I'm going to take that comment and make myself 100%. better. 100%. I agree. If that comment is like yesterday, this video is shit. I'm like, yeah. okay, dude, that's your, that's your problem. If you <laughs> don't like, like it, don't like it. You, you even watched it and give me my views count. So no worries. Next time. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and I also think when it comes to, for example, sponsored videos, pe like the people that are watching those have to realize that, you know, we, we are do we you and I, we're working sort of like advertising firms, you know? Yeah. So it's like we make videos for a company. That is our job, yeah. you know? So if, if we want to continue doing our job, then we, we have to accept sponsorships. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a job. I mean, like, sure, we would be able to make money from YouTube AdSense, but that would also mean that we would have to post a whole lot of videos. <laughs> exactly. No, here's the thing. If people doesn't like advertisement, why they wouldn't just donate us and then supporting our career? Right? Exactly. Why? Exactly. Why not? I, <laughs> I'm actually against this. Like I'm, I, even on the community, I have this, I created this, my own policy where I do not explicitly let creators pay for the advertisement. No clue, yeah. but the brands have to pay for that because they have to support me and the creators yeah. I'm promoting. So I, I and I respect that. I re I think it's great because people shouldn't have to pay for my content. Exactly. You know, I I don't see why people should sign up behind a paywall to be able to watch my videos because I would make the videos anyways. But if I can make more videos that people can enjoy, mm -hmm. that is perfect. That's like a win for exactly. everyone.
Because then we have to step back and think, why did we even start at this? Yeah. Myself for inspiration to inspire others. Uh, I guess yours is the same. I guess. Yeah, and 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 also when it comes to, for example, sponsorships, you know, you you also get inspired to make something else when you when yeah. you have a sponsorship. For example, say DJI is dropping a new drone, all of a sudden you're like inspired to go out and shoot because yeah. you can make a better video or you can make a cooler video with that drone. You know. And, and the funny thing is it's a challenge and we love challenges. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like getting into FPV. <laughs> oh, by the way, thing. I watched your last FPV video. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is like improving like poof. I got to say, well like, I'm, I'm going to Iceland. I'm going to fly some FPV. Oh and my I'm also God. going to Norway, but I'm I am not. I am not flying the FX6 anytime soon again. Oh That's not my happening. God. It's I guess it's scary. I'm I'm scared. I'm scared to fly my DJI Mavic 3. <laughs> like imagine you're an FPV. And dude, I tried the FPV. It's really hard. I you, get, I you gotta like, get into it, man. You're gonna love it. Uh the thing is, so here's the point of view uh, I would love to share, but I guess people would love to hear. We are we cannot be good at anything. Yeah, I know. And if we spread our knowledge, it's good to be curious and learn many skills. That's perfect. But if you want to be at best at something, you have to focus on something. And people often forget about it. They just want to try everything. And then all of a sudden they feel burned out, lost yeah. with themselves. What's your thought that's, about it? That's a very good point. And I, 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 I can't. Like I do, I do agree fully because there's so, so many people that thinks you need to know everything about filmmaking because there's, mm. everything is available today. Yeah. But just as you said, you know, we, we can't, we can't because we can't be good at everything. It's impossible. Yeah. I, I, I love I, that input. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, it's a bit out of, out of the, out of the topic, but actually not, but what do you think uh what's let's rephrase it i have it in my mind i have to let you put it out <laughs> but what's your thought about how do you get out of burnout i guess we as a creator got often all of us so yeah i guess you you have been so what's your yeah i mean like i i i don't know about you but have you have you felt more burnout lately than you have been yes. feeling. Yeah. Okay. So yes. then we're probably on the same page. One of the things that makes me feel burnt out is uh, that I'm constantly trying to see whatever everyone else is doing. You know, I'm yeah. looking at Instagram, Absolutely. I'm looking at TikTok, I'm looking at YouTube, and then I'm like, shit, I need to step up my game. I need to make better videos because everyone is so good. Like there's so many talented people out there. And I feel like my videos need to become better just because someone else is better than me. But then we also got to realize, as you said, you know, we, we can't be the best at everything. Yeah. We can't, we can't be the best at flying FPV because there's always going to be someone better. It doesn't matter what you do, always going to be someone that's better than you. But when it comes to burnout specifically, I've been feeling I, I don't I don't want to say burnout, but more like creative creative fatigue, I guess. Yes, yes. It's it's sort of like 
I'm feeling I'm I've been in this weird space where I've been working towards deadlines lately. Mm. And it has kind of like taken me out of the process of making stuff just because I want to make stuff, you know? So so when when I've been working towards the deadlines, it's been like I've been pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, and then like, oh yeah. shit, tomorrow's the deadline. I gotta make it now. And then I sit down and I make it, and then I'm like, oof, done. <laughs> and then after that, I feel so tired that I don't yeah. really want to make something else. But it's also a deadline that I don't have to have because it's my own deadlines, you know? Mm. But I, I feel like getting out of that rut is something that I'm trying to do. And one of the things that I've found that have helped me is to focus on something that is entirely different, that is not about posting online, that is not about making uh, something for someone else to see. Just do something that is fun for you, you know? Maybe That's... go fishing. Maybe buying a RC car and drive with that, what, whatever it might be, you know? I, you know, no judgment. I lately purchased a PS5 and I'm like crushing it. I, <laughs> yes. I, I used to hate, I used to I gotta hate, get your like, gamer tag games. after this. Oh my God. I, I, I used to hate gaming. Like I, I, I played when I was a kid, but like now I just wanted to focus on work and the, the, the things I developed. And I've been lately burned. I guess it's from social media that everybody tries to keep up with the with the trends, everything is just pushy. Everything yeah. is just not mentally hell, healthy. So we have to keep this ongoing because if we don't, we're just gonna go out of the out of the let's say this trap that the everybody yeah. trapped in. So and also, I I I think um, one very good thing to get out of that trap. Uh, is something that Peter McKinnon actually told me, and that was stop announcing things. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. So, so just just post. So once you're done, up with it. Don't announce that you're gonna post. Don't mm -hmm. announce that you're gonna start something. Don't announce that you're going to do something. Just drop it once it's ready. Simple as that. <laughs> Okay, th that's a good one. Oh my god, I'm gonna keep this in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And um, moving forward, this podcast, I uh, I love to jump on a more geek nerdy part. Yeah. So I would ask you a personal question: like, what's your favorite favorite tool and equipment that you use to create videos? What are the things that you just have to have it? You know, this, this is kind of a funny thing because I've been thinking about this. And of course, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to say like, oh, a great camera. And I think that that is given. <clears throat> but something that I have been spending way too much money on lately is Thunderbolt cables and oh my God. Thunder, Thunderbolt <laughs> SSDs. It's a blessing from God. No joke. <laughs> How about you? Uh, dude, I recently made a purchase yesterday. I, <laughs> I need it, right? But at the same time, I was like, you know what? You know what? It's freaking expensive. I'm like, you know, why? <coughs> but do you know how much, like the amount of time that yeah. I save from having yeah. Thunderbolt SSDs is wild. You know, I was transferring yes. 
transferring 150 gigabytes of footage yep. in less than five minutes. Wow. wow. It's like, okay, so, we're done. So here's the thing. You would cry about this example. So I, at some point, I needed to buy a NAS, you yeah. know, NAS attached system yeah, yeah. storage. And um, so... In my studio, the connection is very bad, like very bad. But then five minutes from my studio, I have my home and I have a very good internet, right? Good internet, good, okay, let's say in this way. So I attached that to my home since it's network storage, I can literally download. So the thing is, when I have to archive content like I did yesterday, I went to my, at my home with my PC and I started archiving. I had one of all video for like it's why like one terabyte and because of i didn't have good cable i had to do it via network yeah. which was kind of um kind of a, a nice thing because you don't have cables all around you can move so here's the thing it took me 18 hours to transfer <laughs> one terabyte i just left it overnight and when I woke up this morning, I it didn't finished, and I have to cancel it to come in the studio and record this podcast. So I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so guys, buy. <laughs> so guys, buy buy the right equipment to save you time. I know it sounds contradictory a little bit, but spending less time like spending on gear that saves you time it's a huge blessing it is and i feel like i'm going to make a video actually on the difference between thunderbolt cables and usb-c cables because please they are expensive but you can use these for everything you can even use these as a sort of like Charge. connect to external display or transfer data whatever yeah. it might be sick interesting um Speaking about gear, what is your favorite camera? Let's, I needed to know, buddy. I needed to know. <laughs> I mean, I, <clears throat> I can't say that my favorite is the ZV-E1 yet. So I'm going to have to go with the A7S III as of right now. Oh. Um, but it's, it's also been on my shelf for the last four weeks. I haven't used it. I've only been using this camera, actually. Hmm, interesting. I, I actually found it. I, it, so my favorite one, it's a Blackmagic 6K Pro. Yeah, but you're doing just, some good stuff with that. I, I like it. I like the color. It's just give a different feel. But here's the thing. It's super big, heavy, and unmanageable that most of the time I don't use it. And I feel guilty. And I feel, and like you said, gear doesn't really matter as long as you deliver the story the right story yeah. so i'm using this excuse on myself like ah, i need a black magic now and then yesterday the entire day i shoot with the black magic i was like oh dude i need to go back to gym this is heavy you need to get your hands on an fx6 so here's the thing i uh, my buddy andras ra i think you know him on from social yeah. media we often go out and shoot for for brands and he has a sony a7s3 and me personally i used to hate sony just because from a7s2 the colors was bad yeah. like everything was very bad 
And that's where I get to know Sony. And I was like, mm, this is not for me. Heck no. So from that, I started not hating, but I didn't like it personally. Then my body introduced me the A7S 3 and I was like, holy grail, this is good. They just made a huge jump from like Earth to Mars type of jump. So I was like, whoa, whoa. So I've been recently thinking to jump. I most of the time use Canon R6 for daily stuff. So I was thinking, oh man, I need to I'm change. I'm going to say, welcome, buddy. Welcome to the family. Can't wait I, to have but, you. But I like the cinema stuff, so I I think I would try the FX6 first. I love it. I love it. It's an expensive camera, but I was shooting the entire music video on the FX6. It Ooh. is a true workhorse, and it looks so incredibly good. So incredibly good. Interesting, interesting. Because I think I, it also has an anti-filter. Uh, yeah, internal. it does. Yeah. Which one of the things I love on Blackmagic. Uh, I'm, go I'm speaking, going to make a video on it. So there's coming please, a lot of videos this year. Please, please. I'm going to link up this podcast to them, <laughs> to your videos. But so here's a, a interesting question for you speaking about gears. How hard it is to balance your creative aspect of making things versus the technical part. How do you find this perfect balance? Perfect balance between what? Between, between your ideas, your creative ideas and your technical part of it. Like, oh, so you mean like having the gear exactly for the ideas? Because technically, if you think about it, iPhone shoots great video in 4K. So why would I need any yeah, <laughs> FX6? I, I think uh, when, when it comes to that aspect, I think a lot of people think they need better gear than they actually need. Mm. Mainly because of social media, unfortunately, but it, it feels like the, the whole, I don't know if you've heard about it, but gear acquisition syndrome is sort of like a thing where people- Yeah, yeah I'm guilty, yes. They, yes. they want to have the latest because they think it's going to serve them better than what the camera yeah. otherwise would do. And I think when you have an idea, something that I've seen a lot of movies do, I don't think people know this, but you know, for example, when you do a fight scene in a movie, they don't go out and shoot the fight scene directly. They do mm. sort of like they have their phone and then do different takes. And then they cut that together to see how it actually would look, you know? So then they have like sort of a rough fight scene that looks good because it's choreo chore choreographed, choreographed and like edited as a real video would be, but it's just shot with an iPhone, no, no thought about lighting, just thinking about the angles and the lens, you know? So if Hollywood uses that, why wouldn't you be able to use that on your concept ideas, right? That's a good example. It's, it's like, just go out and see if your idea actually works. If it looks good with your phone and you still feel like, you know what, this would look even better with a bigger camera, sure, then you might have a way of actually getting into the bigger camera system, or maybe you can ask someone to borrow a camera. Heck, I did, when I was starting out, I asked a friend, like, hey, can I borrow your camera to take some photos? And he was like, yeah, sure. Mm. That's interesting. Um, I wanna get a little bit personal into you, your mm -hmm. life as a filmmaker. Um, what goals and hope do you do you want to share in the in the future in the near future? 
I oh that that is a tough one. I'm I'm actually working on a physical product right now. Interesting. Uh, I'm gonna show you. It's not gonna be a part of the podcast. For those listening, I'm sorry, but it's gonna be announced later this year. Um, but hey, Peter McKinnon says no announcement. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, it, okay. We're, we're just gonna skip that part. <laughs> no. But uh, I feel like I feel like for me, what I would love to do is to make one short film, such as Rivals. I don't know if you've seen those, um, but I would like to do one short film a year that I spend like a lot of time planning the entire process, and a lot of time shooting it, and a lot of time editing it. And then just post that without anyone knowing anything about it beforehand. You know? Interesting. That is what I would like to do. And then just keep making the vlogs. Because what I really liked about Peter or Casey is the fact that whenever I watched their videos when I was working on DHL, was that it felt like I was, you know, just hanging out with a friend. And that is what I like with the vlogs. I, I, I like to just escape and hang with someone for 10 minutes while I'm sitting on the toilet taking crap, you know? Here's the thing. Here's the, 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 the amazing part of it. Like me having a conversation with you. Uh, we learn from each other. We learn yeah. so much from each other in such 100%. a short amount of time, which I think it's one of the most incredible blessing uh, that this humanity have and I just want to be able to share this to people and I think it's awesome and I think it's fantastic because for those of you listening I've never ever met Nicola this is the first time don't this hate first me time. so <laughs> this is the first time and he is a fantastic guy and the way oh. that this conversation has been flowing it feels like i've known him for years the only thing we've done is sort of like exchanged a couple of text messages <laughs> yeah it was yeah weird messages because i just I think it's awesome you, because I, I've, I've also yeah. seen your work and the things you do and what you do for the community and i think it's awesome i think it's great and i i love the fact that you're taking creators and then just highlighting other people and not just lifting yourself up. I love that. And uh, thank I you for having that. me. Means, means a ton. So Peter, uh, to end up this podcast, I have most favorite, my favorite question that I always ask, but it's the toughest one. <laughs> so what are the three things you wish you knew before starting this career? <sighs> three things? Yes, please. <clears throat> uh, that is a tough one. Okay, I'm not going to be the cliche dude saying gear doesn't matter. I'm going to say probably I wish I knew the exposure triangle. And it's it's like shutter, aperture, and ISO. Like once you know those, once you know those, you're all set, right? But consistency, how much, how big of a part that actually matters when it comes to creating content and posting content, because you know, you, you got to post stuff and then jump on to the next, right? And then talk to people, you know, reach out to people, reach out to me, reach out to Nicola, say like, Hey, love your stuff. That's like, you can just do that because you never know if someone sees that mes message. And then just opens up and says like, hey, thank you. I appreciate you. 
And then all of a sudden you have like a start of a good relationship. You never know. Right. So I think like community exposure triangle and what was the last consistency. That's a good catch. I would add about the consistency. I think that's mostly the number one key, uh, key thing to succeed. Yeah. Uh, you will be surprised in f- almost four years of creating filmmakers, I never skip a day of posting. <laughs> never. Oh. I was sick. I was dying. I was burned out. I was, but I never skipped. And I feel blessed now that I was able to Let's achieve die. this because the consistency made He's the definition of consistency right here. Exactly. So everybody who wants to create something to achieve something, no matter how, no matter what, no matter where. Guys, I've been in Cuba and they don't have internet, like literally no internet. And I was able to somehow post things. Don't ask me how, (coughs) but if they can make it, guys, you can literally be in North Pole and post anything. So like, what's your excuse to end up this podcast just just create stuff dude right? thank you so much for jumping in this podcast let's end it up here it's been one hour I'd, i loved talking to you, you and bro. it's like flash past the time i would like to j- uh, jump on another podcast with you with a different topic if, if you'd like and i want to say we're, we're gonna we're gonna meet up next and time and i want to say to everybody who's listening thank you so much for being sticking with us until the end make sure to follow peter's social media i will link that up on on social media and give him a follow and tell him how what what do you guys think about this podcast share the feedback with us thank you again and catch you on the next one thank you and that's it fam we reached the end of another inspiring podcast But don't worry, the creativity doesn't have to end here. Keep dreaming big and creating awesome things. See you on the next one. Peace.